0: Business. Business.
1: that are watching by the internet. It makes us feel good to know that even though you may not be able to get here, you can still tune in and worship in the service and just enter in and let the Lord bless you as you watch today and receive healing and victory and deliverance because God is here to meet our needs. Praise his name, let's thank him one more time. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. You may be seated, God bless you. We want to welcome you today. We've just come from early service at 830, and it's always so precious to come in the building and hear the singing and the worship going on. And then that Sunday school hour when we get into God's Word and study and apply the Word to our hearts, we come out feeling stronger because we've had the Word stirred up in our being. Today our class studied about wisdom, and we realize that we, we make a lot of rash decisions. Wisdom is when we think, give thought to what we're going to do in our actions. And the Bible said, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth liberally to all men and upbraideth not. And that's what Abigail did when she was in a family situation. where well, She didn't know what she was going to do. And her husband was just like Belial that called him the devil. But she kept praying and using wisdom. She didn't get rash or out of line. She would pray and let God help her. And God gave her such great victory. And that's what happens to us as his children when we pray for wisdom and knowledge. And we come and hear the word preached. Don't you love to hear our pastor get up and give us the word? Praise the Lord so we thank you for being here and we want to welcome you if you're new we want you just to remain seated right now and we're going to ask all of our members and regular attenders to stand leaving all of our visitors our guests seated and we're going to find out who you are so we can shake your hand maybe give you a pat on the back and greet you and let you know how thankful we are that you're here with us at stratford heights now let's look around and greet one another and shake hands and be friendly And praise the Lord together.
2: songs about heaven about God about Jesus about the Holy Ghost I'm not interested in a song about him today I want to sing like he's standing right here in the room where I'm at I want to worship I want to worship I want to give myself to him wholly and completely are you ready lift up your hearts lift up your hands give him honor he's worthy worthy adriana i want you to sing that again i want us to get that in our mind today we're not singing about him we're singing to him how many of you know he's here today he's here worship him worship him he's worthy hallelujah sing that for us i don't want to talk
3: about you like knots in the room. I wanna look right at you. Wanna sing right to you. I don't wanna talk about you like a night in the room. I wanna look right at you. Wanna sing right to you. I don't wanna talk about you like a night in.
2: here in the room would you reach over right now and just make a a gentle contact with somebody standing right there beside you You don't know what kind of week they've had you have no idea what they're going through in their life would you just make connection the body of christ and find a brother or a sister there to pray you don't know the trials and the troubles that they brought into this house would you pray right now for one another all over the sanctuary begin to pray seek god and intervene. Intercede for them in the Holy Spirit. Let Him use you to pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. over every family I pray Lord as we've come gathered in your house Lord we've not come here because of religion we've not come here because of obligation we've not come here God to seek any kind of social order we have come into the house of the Lord to worship to honor to magnify and to lift up the name of Jesus Christ For there is no other name given among men whereby we might be saved. The name of Jesus Christ. The name of Jesus Christ. King of kings and Lord of lords. Our Father, our Lord, our Savior. We give you praise today and we honor you in your house and in your presence. In the name of Jesus and everyone together said amen come on let's give Him praise and give Him honor today hallelujah 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 as they move into the second song I want our staff to come our ministers and those of you feel led to pray with others I want us to begin our prayer time together if you feel or if you have a special need I want you to feel comfortable in this moment in our service to step out from where you are and to find your way into the altar and someone will agree in prayer with you
0: Whisper his name Jesus Whisper his name Jesus Whisper his name Jesus He will come to Whisper his name, whisper his name, whisper his name, he will come to you, call on his name, call on his name, call on his name. israel today would you pray with me this morning father we love you we thank you we honor you god for your promises that are yay and amen god father we thank you for what you started in abraham and father we know that you'll fulfill it till the day the trumpet sounds and god we ask you today your presence would be the borders of your people that you would protect them that you would keep your hand upon them god we thank you we give you praise i pray that your hand would be their prosperity today we join with them. Use us, God, in this last day to draw all men to Jesus Christ. We love you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise
2: While these continue to pray and feel comfortable to do that at the altar, we want to introduce you to a couple of folks. This little guy this is his very first time here at Stratford Heights Church cute as a button this is another miracle baby his name is Isaiah Beretta Perez and here he is this morning first time at his church Stratford Heights amen we have mom visiting from California She's here today. Dios le bendiga. Gracias. Ah, ¿cómo está? Bien. 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 Oh, amen. <laughs> <laughs> Coming for baby number two today. learn from Dr. Small, you must cradle them. <laughs> this is little Brinley May Blankenship and this is her first Sunday. Little boy and girl are here today for the very first time. <laughs> is see beautiful? Hi. You want to help me preach? I think they'd like to listen to you more than me. He's happy. We oh, thank you. You may be seated. Thankful for the moving of God's spirit in this house this morning. Can you say amen? amen? And we continue to worship the Lord today. Several things, a couple of things we want to remind you about. One is that there is a. Pop can fundraiser for our young people that begins today. They're going to hand you a can of pop. You drink the pop. You fill it full of quarters. Easy. Everybody say, I got it. Everybody gets one. That means we should raise about $1.2 million. It would be a great fundraiser. See Cameron Jones, our youth pastor, and any of the young people or youth leaders, and they can fill you in. So if somebody hands you a can of Coke, they're not just being hospitable. They do want something in return. (laughs) 1 Chronicles chapter 29, the word says, in verse 9, Then the people rejoiced for that they offered willingly, because with perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. Then he went on and he said, Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation, and David said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Now, let me read that first verse I read to you again. It says, then the people rejoiced. Why were they rejoicing? They were rejoicing. If you study in this scripture, they were rejoicing because the people were giving. It says, then the people rejoiced. I I was privileged to be in service with Loran Livingston. His church down in Charlotte, North Carolina, gives about $8 million dollars a year in tithe. Tithe alone, that's not offerings. That's just in their tithe. I asked him one day, I said, what in the world do you do to raise that kind of money for the kingdom? And he said, our people give rejoicingly. Our people give hilariously. He said, and I have taught them to be givers because it's the principles of God's word. He said, teach them to give. He said, teach them to give until it hurts. He said, and you watch how God blesses them hand over fist, and your church and the community become blessed as well. I looked at the scripture, and I said, then the people rejoiced. And if you read back in verses 6, 7, and 8, you ought to see what they brought. They brought and gave for the service of the house of God of gold five thousand talents and ten thousand drams of silver ten thousand talents and of brass eighteen thousand talents and one hundred thousand talents of iron. And they with whom precious and they with whom precious stones were found gave them to the treasure of the house of the Lord. Then the people rejoiced. I said to the Lord this morning, sorry. I said, Lord, I want to rejoice over the giving in our church. Because I believe giving reflects salvations, it reflects crowds, it reflects momentum. We talk about a moving of the Spirit. Let me tell you something. There isn't a real move of God unless it changes something on the inside. I ain't supposed to preach just yet. I'm believing and I want to get to the place where we truly begin to see the miracles of God unfolding in every way. And I wanna be, if I could dare to even put myself in a box with this guy for a minute, I would like to be one Sunday, two Sundays, ah, every Sunday, like King David, and rejoice over the gifts of the people because the worship is so amazing. So I ask you, what did you bring? What did you bring? I know many of us have come to receive, We've come to receive from the Word, we've come to receive in in blessing, we've come ready to receive from God, His Holy Spirit, and He has touched in some beautiful ways already in this service. But I would ask you, what did you bring? What did you bring to offer to the Lord? Wow. I changed in my own giving. I went through an IRS audit this last year, and, and they, they made some big deal about the offering, the, the loose cash that I lay in the, in the uh, offering plate, and, and they didn't accept it. It didn't matter that we had statements, and we had envelopes, and we had all that accounting that Judy does. It didn't matter. They said, because I don't have it written on a bank statement, you can't count that. And I was a little disturbed. and. I didn't know what to do, and so I thought, well, I'm going to start giving my offerings online. It's 38% of you give offerings and tithe online, and that's beautiful. It's wonderful the way that so many of you uh, have, have moved to that kind of giving, and I thought, well, I'll just give my offerings too. I did it for a little while, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, one Sunday morning, I felt this ache in my heart, and it was Brother Davis that... I didn't have something that I brought to give and it just touched me and I said Lord I won't come to your house empty-handed I won't come so I started dividing my offering up and here's what I said I said I'd much rather have God's accounting than Uncle Sam's I made a decision that he's more important he's more important than Uncle Sam is so they can have their old IRS accounting. I've come to worship him, bringing gifts into my hand to bring to him because I believe it's important. I believe it's important for the believer. Now, for the unbeliever who says, yeah, that's what I thought. All they care about is get your money. I'm going to shock you right now. If you're an unbeliever and you're here today, please, don't give don't give we're not we don't want your money this is for believers who genuinely believe the word of God is the treasure of their heart and it is the guidebook for their life and in his word he says bring your offerings bring your tithe into the storehouse I hope that you've come with something to bring to the Lord. Father, we ask it to your glory, to your honor, to your praise. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we honor you with our giving for missionaries. We honor you with our tithe that we bring as obedience to your word. In Christ's name, amen.
3: So far
2: that place where I first met you, where I first believed. How many remember that night, that day, that afternoon, wherever it was, where you got saved? I mean, you got really saved. I'm not talking about the time you made a commitment that you didn't stick to. I'm talking about the time when your life was transformed and changed by the love of God. How many remember that day, that hour, that minute, telling you? He needs to take us back sometimes, don't he? Don't you hate it when you run into somebody who says, well, they're so excited. They'll learn better. I'm so thankful that after all these years, Todd, I ain't learned better yet. I ain't learned better. All you education majors, I know I use the word ain't. But I'm going to tell you, I'm so glad I ain't learned better. I wouldn't give you two cents for somebody's relationship with the creator of the universe that they weren't excited about. I'll tell you, people, and what I love about our church is that you're free to worship here. And you know what that means? Do you know what it means to be free to worship? That means if you like my my buddy, and and he won't care, Bob Kelly, one of my best friends in the whole world. Bob's quiet. I've known him for 30 years. You don't hear a word out of him. But I've seen the spirit of the Lord and the presence of the Lord work on him. I've seen him be touched in service. But he just worships. Quietly, right there to see, and just loves God with a rich love. He's got integrity and character. He's sold out in every way. Raised his family right. The guy is faithful as the days long, and quiet as he can be. Then you got me, <laughs> and I'm that other guy. Peggy I was talking about you just now, talking about your husband Bob. I'm free, though, to worship and love God the way that I connect with him, my personality. my my. But that don't make either one right or wrong. Amen? All that means is that you're in a church where if you want to get out and walk, if you want to get out and worship, if you want to come up on, well, don't come up on stage, please don't. If you want to walk the aisle, you walk the aisle. We're excited for you. If that's how you do it, man, you do it. If you're somebody that sits back and the Lord touches you and you want to get somewhere quietly there in your pew and love God with a fervor and a fire like David, then you help yourself. But what I love is that you're free here to worship. You're free to worship. We don't judge you. We don't condemn you. We don't put you down for how you you connect with God. But the important thing is that you connect, that we remember where he brought us from. That song always takes me back. Somebody says, what in the world does that mean? Take me back, and they all get excited about that. Take me back to the excitement and the wonder and the beauty of a relationship with the creator when he lets you know you belong to him. And everything between you and heaven is good. And you are on your way there. I can't hardly wait to step on gold one day. And in the meantime, I'm just going to keep cutting a rug. All right. Stand with me for the reading of God's word this morning. And while you're standing, I am going to make a couple of announcements I've needed to make. One is that this weekend is the the last you have. The, The time limit is up for you to be able to sign up for the encounter. Men's and Women Encounter at our church running on the same weekend this year. Got a brochure, you got information in your bulletin, pick that up and look at that. But we want you to know before we have to close the, the registration that today's that last day. If you would like to be a part, gentlemen, how many of you in here today would say, I've been to the encounter and man, it touched me and changed my life. Let me see your hands. Look around you. Oh, my goodness. How many women have been here? Look at all them women have been to the encounter. Amazing wonderful weekend probably one of the most powerful weekends i've ever been in in my life the presence of the lord was so strong phil i i have i've never been in a place where i sensed and felt the power of god so strong and it was wonderful it's a, des- a weekend designed for you to get alone and get away with god and i mean you connect with him and you go through their sessions and there's, there's time to reflect and meditate and take walks around the lake and and then come together with your brothers and your sisters and and really just let god touch your life and it's a wonderful weekend today's the last day so if you've thought about it considered it see one of these people that lifted up their hand ask them if it's worth it it's definitely worth your time and if you'd like to go then you need to go and check that out and get signed up today also i wanted to tell you about I told the 830 service this, and I wanted to tell you this. Tonight is going to be a special service at Stratford Heights. Number one, our assistant pastor, Richard, is going to speak. He's got him a red-hot message that he's ready to preach, and as our assistant pastor, I want him to share that with you. But also, one of our boys is coming home, John Henderson. If you don't know little Johnny, Johnny came in here at 12 years old, and we raised him. And God took him, put his life together in such a beautiful way, put a calling on his life. When he first started singing, Gary, I told him, I said, dude, you need to do something else. That is not your thing. I told him that. I was just honest with him. I said, dude, that is not for you. But you know what? He was so committed and so faithful, and he felt something else inside of him. He felt God calling him. And so I just shut up and supported. And for a while, I put earplugs in. But over the years, God developed him and put something in him that has shocked me and surprised me. The last time I was in a worship set with him, I stood back, tears rolling down my face as I heard excellence. I heard the vocal tones. I heard him singing to the Lord and worshiping God, and I sat back and I said, God, you know more than me. And he's coming tonight. He has just released a brand new worship CD, and we're so proud of him. He's actually being interviewed by churches all around the country right now, and he is literally talking to people with churches of a 1,000 or more. One church with 3,000 people is talking to him. And wanting to maybe bring him, but that is neither here nor there. What's important is that God has taken that young man, put a calling on his life, and God is using him now. And I'm so proud of him, and he wanted to come home. As you know, he's a worship pastor at another church. He left us three years ago to do that, and God has just groomed him and used him there. But he wanted to come home to Stratford Heights for his first official worship service with his new CD. And so we get to welcome him tonight, and we're gonna do that. But let me tell you, I'm put Audrey, I'm putting the waiver out here for everybody. You can sign on the dotted line, I'm gonna tell you straight up, right from the very beginning, so you can go home, pray about it. Then you can, you know, buy me a gift card next week. It'll be fine. It's gonna be contemporary worship music. The lights are gonna be low, the colors are gonna be up, the guitars are gonna be out because that's the way he does business. And you know what I found? I found that God anoints that just like he does the red back hymnal. God anoints it. I've been in services where he's anointed it and touched me. I felt it. So we're gonna support him and love him tonight. So if the contemporary music is just not your thing tonight, then buy me that gift card, say you're sorry. No, it'll be all right. But I want you to know that we're going to love John and support him tonight, and uh, he's going to be with us. So it'll be a special night. Please come and be with us. Also, as you're turning to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15, I'm going to read down through 33, and I'm going to preach real quick. I have 14 minutes. We're reorganizing our food pantry. Due to some gracious gifts from some folks who've worked in inner street ministry, we've been given a lot of frozen items, chickens and and different kinds of meat, and we're thrilled with that, and pastries and breads, and all kinds of things that are, all of these things are perishable. And with that has come a, a, a disorganization problem. We don't know what to do with it because we've got so much now. So we want to develop a brand new system for our food pantry here at the church. We would like and we need volunteers who'll step up and say, Pastor, I'll come by and do an hour. I'll come by and do two hours. I'll do 10 hours, Pastor. But I wanna donate my time to us running an official food pantry out of the church to where we literally out of the air, we're gonna build an area back in the gymnasium right off the door there, off the kitchen so that the frozen items can be right there, right where they need to be. We're gonna develop an area back there that'll be our food pantry and it'll it'll run. It'll run as many days as we needed to, but I need folks who would say, "Okay, you know what? With the new system, count me in. I'll serve an hour." And so I, Sister Birdie Tinch, are you here, Sister Birdie? She's back there. She is director and leader over our food pantry. She is wholeheartedly agreed to help me with this new system, and we appreciate her. She has been doing this for quite a while and doing a wonderful job. We love her. Debbie Augsburger did it for years prior to her, and we so appreciated Debbie as well. But they have organized a beautiful system that now has to be developed because we've been given these wonderful opportunities. So I appreciate that. I want you to sign up. If you don't mind, call the office or write a note, drop in the offering plate, whatever you want to do, and let us know that you're willing to serve. With that said, let's move on to the Word of God this morning in the few minutes that I have. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15. "See See then that ye walk circumspectly, in other words, with purpose, with strategy, On purpose, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Wives, uh oh. Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, Just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, you don't get a free pass. Love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh and his bones, for this reason... A man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery. Some of you thought, well, I didn't realize that that was what the word was telling me. This is a great mystery. Some of you have been dumbfounded for years. He said, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Very powerful verse of scripture there. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Father, speak to us. Challenge us. Move us into a deep place of knowledge of your love and your order. In Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. In the time that I have, I want to lay a foundation, and that's what I'm going to be doing for the next several weeks. As you know, traditionally, last year at the same time, I did a home improvement series. What I'm planning on doing over the next couple of weeks is we're going to be laying what I'll call a family foundation. We're going to be laying a foundation, one that literally allows us to see what and how God blesses the church, the church, because it's important for us to understand God's order and how he puts things together. God blesses, God honors, God sets up the order in the church and in the home, and it's all connected. Say amen. It's all connected. So we want to look at the family foundation and we want to understand priorities because there is a priority that sets you up for success. Jesus said in John chapter 10 and 10, he was talking about the enemy and he said, you know, the thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He said, but I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So many people are living so beneath the level of abundant living. So many marriages today are living beneath the abundance of what Jesus meant of living and loving. It's important that we understand that we've got to see this correctly. There's something that's gone terribly wrong in the church. If the the marriages today are to be a reflection of Christ in the church, then no wonder so many churches are having difficulty. How many of you know it never goes back to Christ as the head? He's perfect. He doesn't, there's no problems there. The problem must be with us. If you're like me, I am not the guy that'll point fingers at you. I'm not the guy that'll always be pointing at you, trying to let you take the blame or or give you, you know, some kind of, you know, point the finger and make it your fault. If I'm going through a difficult time, a troubled time, a questioning time, a doubting time, a fearful time, if I'm in a I-don't-care time, Whatever time I'm in, I have learned a valuable lesson from my mom who has been with the Lord for the last five years. I've learned some powerful lessons to her. She said, baby, whenever there is a question or a problem, a thing, something going on in your mind spiritually, you're suffering in some way, always remember, hold up the mirror of God's word to you and figure out what in the world's going on because it's not him. His law is perfect. and It's not other people either. Check out yourself. David said, examine me. And I've always learned that that's what I do. I examine myself. I won't, I won't be the guy that causes you to receive the blame for my mess-ups or for things that I don't follow through on. I'll always look back to me. I am the king of making sure I remember that when before I point a finger, the thumb is pointing right back here at me. And it's right for us to understand this. And in the marriages. And in family setup and foundations, it's right for us to really begin to look at what it is to be in this order that God brings to the church. What does that really mean, to have a strong family foundation? What does it mean? Well, God's word is very clear and points it out to us. But not only is there a priority, but there's an order to the priority. For instance, I believe this, and some folks almost gasp when I say this when I do it in premarital counseling and when I do it when I talk with people just one-on-one. I believe that next to your relationship with God, God being the number one priority in your life over work, over family, over wife, over kids, over everything under the sun, God and you are number one. There's a reason why you take care of number one. You make sure that the first and greatest priority of your life is taking care of the relationship you must have with God is because you will never love your wife, you will never love your children, you will never love your family or be a Christian light to the world as effectively or as good or godly as you will be if you have first taken care of the relationship with God. You think when you're worldly you love your wife, your husband. You think you love your children. But let me tell you something, it's an earthly, conditional love that you have. It is not God's love. You cannot own God's love until you have Him living in your life. And when you have accepted Christ into your life, then you begin to learn how to love. And what you might think is loving, I think we're going to find out in a few moments, is not perhaps the truth, real love anyway. God's love, it may not be as you have perceived it all these years, and you may leave here transformed. Because what's important is that we do not allow ourselves, as Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 says, to be conformed to the world. Now, the world has tried to tell you how to love your family, your wife, your husband, for a long time. The world has tried to tell us what marriage is. The world is trying to redefine marriage. The world will always try to tell you whatever they can to rebel and to go against God's word and God's truth. But the Bible says, and Paul was very smart being used and inspired by the Holy Spirit all those years ago, he said, do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed. Transformed. Changed. By the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is acceptable, what is holy, what is perfect in the sight of God. So we understand that being transformed is necessary. You may have been raised to love a certain way, you may have been raised to treat people a certain way. Can I remind every husband? Can I remind every wife? You have been given a gift. You have been given the gift of one of God's sons or one of God's daughters. So beware how you treat one of God's own. Beware how you treat a daughter or son of God. I've been married to him for 55 years. Reminds me of the story of Ted and Bessie. You know ted and bessie they celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary not too long ago they're in their 70s it was a wonderful day they had all the family come in from all around the you know country and everybody was in all day long they laughed and joked through breakfast through lunch through dinner finally about sun close to sundown everybody left and left them alone and there they were brother bud they said she said grabbed his hand she said honey let's go sit on the porch and watch the sunset so they went out there and sat on the porch and She thought back on all the day and everything as the sun was setting and they were swinging on the porch swing and she looked over at Ted. She remembered what he looked like way back in the day. She said, Ted, I'm so proud of you. He looked back at her, was puzzled, looked away, looked down at himself, looks back at her and says, well, Bessie, I'm pretty tired of you too. see he had a little bit of a hearing problem (laughs) but I'm afraid that sometimes some of our our marriages these days have just gotten that common they've gotten so far off you know the track so to speak that they literally have kind of lost their way they're not hearing each other anymore They're, they're not they're not listening anymore They're literally kind of lost in in the way that it's always been, the routine. And I want to remind you this morning, as we look at family foundations, and as we get ready to to celebrate family fun fest coming up in a few weeks, where we want to really literally reach out to our community and love them. And we have, last year we had over 2,000 people that came through our doors. And it's correct and right that you are on duty that day. Somebody says, well, I want to have fun too. You'll have fun, but your fun Starts with your priority. And the priority is that we're going to love our community. We're going to love them. I don't plan on being here, and, you know, I will have fun. I proved it last year by eating the hottest pepper on the face of the earth. It's called the ghost pepper. I see you, Brother Lewis, out there. Yeah, I see you. To this day, he still laughs at me for that. But I want to have a good time, but I want you to know my purpose for being here on that Saturday and that Sunday, my purpose for being here is not for me to have fun and to get good food, although there'll be good food and there'll be fun. What I'm here to do is I want to make eye contact with every member of our community, everyone in our neighborhood. I want to touch the people that are here in a way that they're like, They remember me and that they think of me as being kind and and giving and and reaching out to them. I want to love them. I want the city of Middletown to know that we love them. And in order for us to get ready for this, we've got to be ready on the inside. Because how many of you know God looks past our stature? He looks past our pretty building. He looks past all of our sweet music. He looks past all of the things that make us who we are. And he looks right to the heart. When God is measuring the greatness of a man, he doesn't look at your stature, he looks at your love. And until we get that right on the inside of us, we'll never be an outreach to this community, one that's honest, one that's real. And it starts right here in this room. It starts with our relationships with one another. And it starts first and foremost with the relationship to that one you covenanted with, you vowed with, that you made a promise with to God. It starts right there. Husbands, love your own wives. And there's something to be said there for love your own wives. But love your wives. The days of polygamy are over. When you get married you make a covenant and a promise, that's it. And if I remember correctly, yesterday Linda Burris got married to Beto and they, they were standing right here in this spot and we looked at them, Brian and I did a bilingual wedding ceremony service, it was awesome. We ought to do it on a Sunday just so you can experience it. But we get down to the very end of the vows and I look right in the face and I say, till death." do his part. And they looked at each other, and she said, till death do me part. And he goes, he said it in Spanish, so I don't know. (laughs) But that part is easy. Hear me. That part is easy. All the warm, fuzzy feelings are there. All of the the goosebumps and the butterflies and you can't hardly wait. I mean, you like her smell, you like his hair, you like he wears that dumb shirt, but for you that, that dumb shirt is really cool now. Why? Because your butterflies are dancing. It's all warm and fuzzy and it's really cool, and you're like, till death do us part. No problem. And he says, Till death do us part. They walk out. You may kiss your bride. They walk out and they get back to the reception. And there, there's all kinds of celebration. And then, then it really starts, doesn't it? Because it isn't long after that that we kind of get an idea that, you know what, wow, I mean, uh, everybody's gone, the party's over. The bird seed's been eaten, and now it's just you and me. Then the party really starts. Then the hard work of loving really begins. Because you think that it's real love when you're sitting there going, Till death
3: do us part.
2: I want to look at folks and say, Come back in a year. We're going to play that videotape for you a year from now. The Bible says, and, and I'm going to try to take my 18 pages typed and put it down to one. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. In other words, put your gift down and go love your husband and go love your wife. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could even move mountains, but I have not love, I'm nothing. If this is the word of God, say amen. Amen. At the very best, your love without God is counterfeit. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, But I have not love. It profits me nothing. Because love suffers long. It's kind. It does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Love doesn't behave rudely. Real love doesn't seek its own. It's not easily provoked. It thinks no evil. It doesn't keep record of wrong. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It's loyal. Believes all things. Believes the very best, always. Hopes all things. Looks to the glass half full. It's going to be better tomorrow. Endures all things. Uh Uh-oh. All things? All things. And then verse 8. Bam. Bam. Love never fails. Where, where is the part that talks about the warm, fuzzy goosebumps? Where's the part where it talks about falling in love? Where's that? Because I hear it many times that, I've heard it over and over and over again through the years now. Rebecca, we know. Rebecca's one of our counselors here at the church. Well, I just fell out of love. I didn't realize you fell in. Well, I just don't love them anymore. I I love them, but I'm not in love. I've heard that one. I'm like, oh, well, what part of God's love involves falling or feeling? You see, you make a choice. When little Brian was placed in Amelia and Brian's lap there at the hospital, they didn't look at him and just say, well, I mean, we're going to have to think about this for a little while. I mean, should we or should we not love him? Weigh the pros and the cons. Let's look at this. I mean, he has the potential to be an awesome football player in the future. He's gonna be a chick magnet, we can just tell that. Okay, let's go ahead and love him. You make a decision the moment that baby, you know nothing about the personality, you know nothing about what they like or that they don't like, you know nothing about them, Except that they belong to you. You make a decision to love them. And when the goosebumps are there and she's cute and pretty and he's wearing that cologne that you just love and you, he drives a cool car and all those things make it so awesome and you can't wait to get there and you're hanging out and the goosebumps and the butterflies are taking over and in control. Somewhere along the line, Call it falling if you want. Somewhere along the line, you make a decision. I love them. I love them. It doesn't take a warm, fuzzy feeling to be kind, to be patient to not envy, to not be rude, to not seek your own. As a matter of fact, none of these easily provoked think no evil, rejoices not in iniquity. I mean, Paul is writing under the unction and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. and He says, love suffers long, it's kind, doesn't envy, doesn't parade itself, it's not puffed up. It's not rude. It doesn't seek its own. It's not selfish and self-centered. I, 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 all about me, what I need, what I want, what I desire. It's not easily provoked. It doesn't get angry and mad and short fuse right off the bot right off the box or whatever that I was gonna say. It doesn't do that. It doesn't, doesn't act wrong and rude and it doesn't seek its own. It's not this is not love. It's not provoked. It thinks no evil. It doesn't look for the bad things. It doesn't go looking for all the wrong things. It doesn't look for those, those things that tear down and rip apart. It doesn't bring dissension and division and trouble. It doesn't rejoice in iniquity. It rejoices in truth. It looks for the good. And it bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. And Love never fails where in there is there any any sentence where god is describing love that says it's an emotion it's nothing but an attitude and an action i choose to love you and when you love like god loves He, the Spirit of God, then rises up in you. Because this is impossible for you to do on your own. Especially when you've got a mate, whether it's a husband or a wife, who is not responding back. Now, somebody says, Pastor, I'm widowed. I'm divorced. I'm separated. I'm single. Hello. (laughs) What does this have to do with me today? It has everything to do with you. As an unmarried pastor, and I don't like the word single because that represents like a lonely hearts club and a meeting I went to at Solid Rock one time, which I will never go back. Not to that church, but I mean, that church is fine but I was invited to a meat market one day. (laughs) They said, come on down to the rock, we got a singles meeting. I walked in the door as soon as I did. All these ladies looking at me and every one of them was 20 years older than me. They They looked like my mother. Except my mother was prettier. And um, I'm marching around there and they're like. And I'm like, get out of here. And I'm leaving. What is this? They're going to start the bidding in a few minutes. I don't know what this is. So, Andrew, I refer to myself as unmarried. Wow, where did that come from? (laughs) Lynn, you got to help me out, Lynn. (laughs) Love Love is an action and an attitude that I want as an unmarried pastor and for those that have gone through death and loss, those who have gone through the hurt and the pain of divorce, then we of all people, I want our marriages. I want our families. I want them to be strong. I do. Because real love isn't about me. I, this isn't about my particular status today. This is about what I want. I want marriages. I've got a niece that just got married a few weeks ago to Tyler. And here they sit. It's a good thing they're sitting real close. I'm happy. But I'm looking out for them. I want them to be strong. I care about their marriage. I want them to love each other unconditionally. And I want them to love like God loves because you won't always feel it. it won't, you won't wake up every morning with butterflies. It won't be like that. There'll be some days it'll be tough. There'll be some days it'll be hard. There'll be some days you don't want to be married anymore. But see, that's not real love. God's love loves you unconditionally, no matter what. Every day, 365 days out of the year, year after year after year, you make a decision. You make a decision that says, I'm going to love unconditionally God's love as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Christ loves the church as the head of the church, And the order that's there is that God wants us to reflect in our relationships, He wants us to reflect His love to the church. So that means we, even in your family, represent to the world a difference. Or should. I would like to say that the statistics are better for christians when it comes to divorce but they're identical there is no difference so we've got to be concerned we've got to be concerned with what real love is real love makes real love makes a choice real love says i'm going to love you with the love of god which is impossible in myself But the awesome thing is that the Word of God said that God demonstrated His love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5 and 5 says this, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Who was given to us. The awesome thing about God's love, which is so sacrificial, is that that love is poured into us by the Holy Spirit. And so now we love through Him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But what if they don't love me back? It's not about the reciprocation. It's about you loving like God. Love your mate. And interesting, and I'll close with this example, with this illustration, because I found it very interesting in our last bit of scripture there where it says, let me get it for you. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself. That obviously is referring to the men. In other words, giving instructions. The word of God is giving instructions for men to love. Okay, guys, here's the lesson. Love your wife as you would yourself. In other words, take care of her. Cherish, nourish, protect, hunt, Take care of your wife. She needs the feely stuff. She needs the touchy stuff. She needs the words. Dudes don't always need that. Dudes are not built that way, bros. We're not built that way. You know, I had one guy look at his his wife and they were sitting, she goes, you never tell me you love me. And he said, I told you when we got married. If something changes, I'll let you know. You ladies know what I'm talking about. You you need that constant affirmation. But let me cool you in, ladies. It says in there, gentlemen, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself. Love her. Cherish her. Nourish her. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. And in Titus chapter 2 and verses 2 and 3 and 4, it says, And ye older women, teach the younger women. Teach them how to love their husbands. Why? Because guys are built different than ladies. Shock. Women are from Venus, men are from Mars. A guy, he needs your Respect. He needs you to respect him. He's the protector, he's the provider. Don't demean his character, don't put him down just because he don't look and act like that dude on TV. Don't put him down, let him be the man. I got news for you. Jesus said he's the head of your home whether you like it or not, whether you let him or not. You're to be submitted, why? Because that's the order that God has placed in the family that reflects the order that he has in the church. Not one of us would ever supersuppose ourselves over top of Jesus Christ. He's the head of the church. I may be the pastor, but I am in submission to Christ. So God has set up the order in the home the same way. And so when you demean him and when you put him down, when you don't treat him like he is the man, when you don't let him be the protector and the hunter and the provider, when you don't let him be the one who guides and directs your family spiritually, when you're always over top and you're always the one in charge and you're the one who wears the pants, then you are literally out of order. And that is why he feels like he wants to do nothing more than sit down in the chair and no, he don't tell you all those warm, fuzzy things you want to hear because The order is all messed up. He'll love you. He'll say all those cute things when you make him feel like a man. And she'll make you feel like a man when you say all those cute things. That's because we don't look for the feeling we stand on the foundation. Love is kind. Love is not rude. Love is precious and peaceful, sacrificial. It's not easily provoked and angered. Stand with me. When we start loving in our homes, way the word teaches us to love our husbands and wives, the church itself will be able to spread the love of God, the real love of God, into our community in a way that will bring new life to them, abundant life. Does that make sense this morning? With every head bowed and every eye closed. It starts with the relationship with Jesus. It starts right there. If you need Christ in your life this morning, we're going to pray a prayer right now. We pray this prayer. The prayer in and of itself is just our way of helping you get to the throne. But what we want is we want God to come into your repentance and your confession and change your life. That can't come through words. That comes through your heart and your confession. So we're going to pray a prayer this morning. If you need Christ in your life, I would ask you simply lift up your hand right where you are and then right back down. I need to start with my relationship with Jesus. Are you here today? God bless you. God bless you, sir. Is anyone else? I need Christ. I want to make that decision. My first decision on love Is to make a decision to bring Christ into my life. Is there anyone else? God bless you, man. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, these that have lifted their hands. Is there anyone else? Lastly, before before I pray, amen. All right, these that have lifted your hands, we're going to pray now. I'd ask if you would, everybody look right at me. We're unashamed of this. This is the power of God at work. I want us as a church to take them right before the throne, I want us to, as a congregation, proudly display them to the Father, and if you lifted your hand, pray this prayer with me and mean it with all of your heart, and as you pray it, I'm telling you, heaven is aware and your life is going to change. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, I accept you as my savior, I make you my Lord. You died on the cross. Gave your life for me. You bought my salvation. I come to you freely. And you love me freely. I accept you into my life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. And now, before we dismiss it, I am sorry. I always try to get us out by 12 noon, I promise. I try. And we're gonna work hard at that. But I want you, husband, if you're close to your wife, would you just reach over and take her by the hand? I wanna pray a pastoral prayer over you today. If if your mate is somewhere up on stage or somewhere out counting money or hanging out with somebody else, just see them in your heart right where you are. If they're not with you today, just Grab your own hand there and just hold them dear in your own heart. Father, I pray over our families. I pray over our husbands and our wives. I pray that you will touch them and minister your strength and your grace to them afresh and brand new. I pray, Lord, that they will love each other like you love us. I pray that they will not be caught up in the world's ideologies of love. They'll not be confused by the things of this life and its, its identity and its descriptions of love or de- definitions of love. I pray, Lord, that you will touch each one of them to love you, to love one another, and to do that according to your word, to do it in action, to do it in decision, in attitude. I pray all of this, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Bless our homes, bless our families, bless our children, bless our church as we give ourselves wholly to your word and learning how to love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As you leave today, the pastor is going to go out. He's going to be in the lobby. He wants to greet our new folks that are here today, get a chance to talk to some of you. As you go, we want to remind you there's uh, several ministries today that are getting pictures taken. Just want to drop that. You've been You've been uh, asked about that already, so you know who I'm talking to. But I wanted to remind you, uh, this afternoon we'll be taking uh, pictures.
0: Thank you. God bless. We'll see you at 6 o'clock. Have a great afternoon. You are so beautiful to me. You are. To me can't you see
4: Oh